0: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have Nate Solder. Nate Soldier is a very tricky conversation because he's not expected to be a starter. Now let's go through some of the, the, the basics with Nate Soldier. They restructured his contract to where his dead cap, what if they would have cut him, is essentially his salary. So he's making that money without having to, to uh, you know, he's, he's not really costing the Giants any more than he would have than if he, they just flat out cut him. Which I'm sure is what they told him. It's like we're like we're not paying you a penny more than your dead cap hit. So they bring him back, which we talked about when uh when he just when he announced that he wants to come back. So it's like hey, if they want to bring him back for just that amount, bring him back. If not, I would look elsewhere. He's six foot eight, three hundred twenty five pounds, but he looks a little light. I don't know if he's three hundred twenty five pounds, thirty three years old, coming off the missed season. Um, he, you know, out of all the guys that missed uh, twenty twenty. Uh, for the COVID opt-out, Nate Solder was one of the most uh, most reasonable. 127 career starts. That is the most on the New York Giants offensive line. The second most is a fellow backup in Jonathan Harrison, who had 42, with and Zach Fulton's gone, who had like 79. Justin, he has 44 more starts than the entire starting offensive line together. Yeah, combined, yeah, combined right, yeah. Right, yeah. Nate Solder is going to be the backup right tackle, but maybe not the backup swing tackle.
1: Hmm. hmm. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Well, in practice, they have been. Have uh, I've noticed that when Andrew Thomas is taking a rest day, they're putting Parrot at left tackle and Nate Solder at right tackle. But Parrot's also running with the one, so maybe they're simply just trying to get Nate Solder acclimated to that right tackle spot, which he hasn't played in ten years. Um. If Thomas were to go down, does Parrot slide over to left, or do they let the guy who's played left tackle for ten years play left
1: tackle? I don't know. I I feel like you know maybe they feel like Nate Soler's a pro's pro, and you know he doesn't necessarily need to practice at left tackle, but the spot that he does need to practice is at right tackle. So we were talking about this when we talked about Shane Lemieux going down, and what it, what do you do with Will Hernandez, where you don't want to screw up Will Hernandez a season? I would say in this hypothetical world. Andrew Thomas goes down. I don't want you to screw with Matt. Parrot season. You put Nate Solder at left tackle? Question mark. But also, like you said, Bobby, he's he looks thinner, and he openly kind of admitted that you know he is not in the same condition that he usually is in post COVID opt out year and not playing football for a year. So, if anything, this is probably going to be our most vague PPP because we just don't know much about. Nate Solder but what we do know is that 2019 he is coming off a very very bad season where he was one of the worst left tackles in the National Football League and a lot of people got on Andrew Thomas because he was the number four pick blah 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 and he was a rookie and I guess he had some expectations last year but Nate Andrew Thomas in 2020 at his worst was still better than Nate Solder in 2019, in my opinion. I've had the crazy take that Nate Solder um, cost Pat Shermer his job. There were some games where Nate Solder kind of was just such a turnstile, and it led to some Daniel Jones fumbles. That if he's even just an average left tackle, Pat Shermer may still have his job in 2020. Maybe we squeak out a few wins, but yeah. I don't want to kind of dwell on that. I know you maybe want to talk about that a little bit more because you're the offensive line guy, but we just don't know what Nate Solder is going to kind of bring to the table this year because we haven't seen him in so long. And he kind of does look like a different human being also.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm rooting for the guy. Like he's but, you know, probably like the best just human being on the yeah, team. Yeah. But yeah, in 2019 he cost the Giants games, you know, him paired with Daniel Jones fumble issue cost the Giants games where Jones was getting lit up sometimes it was in Jones' backswing. So, like, he, that's not a fumble issue. That's a guy in his backswing getting, you know, cl- you know, clobbered. In 2019, he gave up 11 sacks. And we talk about how Andrew Thomas struggled. Andrew Thomas gave up 10 in 2020, even though that number is a little wrong. They they accredited him for one in the Ravens game, which doesn't make sense. But, but I digress. Uh, he also gave up five holding penalties, led the league, and in, in pressures allowed. I mean, he was very bad. But that being said, for 2020, we were mentally prepared for him to play right tackle. Like we're like, hey, it'll right tackle. It doesn't make you a better player, but it puts you in a better situation. You know, that's why we didn't talk much about Cam Fleming towards the end of the year. It's like, was Cam Fleming playing good? No, but it's like right tackle. It's it's a position where your you can your bad play can be a little hidden where left tackle. It's not because, you know, the blind side of a quarterback is a very real thing where it's it's the whole idea. Would you rather a car crash happen behind, you know, come slam you in the back or see it in front of you where you could try and avoid it? It's as simple as that. And I don't think 2019 was like an outlier year for Nate Solder, where it's like, oh, his ankle was a little injured. Like, I just think he wasn't ever really that good. In that, and those numbers back up to New England, you know? I mean, in 2018 with Eli, who's, you know, quick trigger, gave up seven sacks, five holding penalties. Like, that's bad. And that's coming off of, you know, being paid the top left tackle. And even the year where he got the contract with Tom Brady, who is, you know, known for getting the ball out there just right time, gave up four sacks, 51 pressures, 51 pressures, which, you know, I think Andrew Thomas this year gave up like 50-something, and that's with Daniel Jones, who holds on to the ball uh, a long time. Yeah, Tom yeah. Brady is the exact opposite, and he gave up 51 pressures. So, you know, I wasn't doing this stuff back in 2017, but if I was, I think I would have been pretty anti the Solder contract. And, and the way he gets beat, it's kind of the opposite of the way Thomas gets beat where Thomas, at least in the beginning of Thomas's career would overset and allow that inside where Solder just kind of like, he opens up his hips. Yeah. He lets guys get around the edge, yeah, man. Yeah. So now at right tackle, you can get away with that a little more. So if he's in it, right tackle, am I saying it's going to be a flat out disaster? No, but I don't think you can have any expectation for it to be good.
1: Yeah, I I do view, you know, just in a vacuum. I, I guess I do view having Nate Solder as this backup tackle slash. Is he a swing tackle? However you want to define that, I view that as a plus. I, I, I guess. I mean, Bobby, at this point, I mean, you were you were talking about him having the most starts on the offensive line, and when you combine the five front guys and then you add up all their starts. There's, it's still less than Nate Solder's total starts. Nate Solder has the most star, starts on the entire team, I'm pretty sure. And This even includes special teams guys, right? Just in, in NFL. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the right tackle for the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 46. I mean, that's the last time that he played right tackle, at least on a consistent basis, and that was his rookie season. So, you know, we're talking about Nate Solder for the first time since Super Bowl 46. Happy 10-year anniversary, by the way. Go to the Rams game. I'll be there. Um, <laughs> for the first time since that game and now he's going back to that position hopefully as just a backup you know Bobby give me your take on you know if we see Nate Solder consistently on the football field this year you know I, I would think that this offensive line that we're really biting our nails to almost to the skin about the state of the offensive line if Nate Solder is on the football field for pretty consistently throughout the season are we correct well correct? yeah
0: and I really think a lot of the offense like the biggest decider besides Jason Garrett really could be Matt Parrott it's like what if if Matt Parrott's even just average if he plays at Mike Rimmer's 2019 level yeah yeah like this offense should have expectations if he's piss poor then it's like man it's gonna be hard to get things done because the other guys on the offensive line probably aren't like you know they're not going to be none of them are going to be great besides maybe andrew thomas nick gates is good but you know the center position doesn't really affect right tackle it's the right it's the guard spots so yeah i mean if if nate soldier is playing because matt parrot's not ready then we that. i mean that's that's that looks really bad on matt parrot which at the same time it looks like right now that matt parrot is going to win that job i mean he started on pup and they immediately put him with the starters when he came off that list so Matt Parrott is going to get that up. Like he's going to start week one, unless it's just a flat out disaster for the rest of camp.
1: Yeah, stay healthy. Um, hope everybody stays healthy. You know, root for the guys in blue. You know, I think this is probably our most negative PPP episode. I think it's going to be our most negative PPP episode. You root for the guys in blue. You know, Nate Solder definitely has the backstory of a guy that you want to root for with all the good work that he does off the football field. You know, this will probably be his last year in Giants blue and. Hopefully he goes out with a bang, wins some football games. He's a good mentor. You know, Andrew Thomas has talked about how good of a guy he is, and he's a good guy that you want to have around. You know, I know I'm not, not we're not the biggest guys on culture and leadership and mentorship. You know, we don't. That's not really what you need. I want guys that can kind of play well in the football field. But having Nate Soldier here and having him as a backup is not a thing that I'm going to be like, oh, what are we doing? And you know, I'm not going to be mad at.
0: Backup tackle is not a disaster. Yeah, yeah, like that. It's not. You know. Um, is now the Giants with Zach Fulton leaving. I it cha- I do think it changes things a lot where I wasn't really worried about the Giants depth at O line. The issue was like, if you look at depth around the NFL, it's like, you know, when our backups probably line up with everyone else's backups, the issues was like the backups are really close to what the starters are. I right. think that that's the issue with the Giants offensive line, not necessarily like, Oh, the, the backups are horrendous. Now it was, I guess that Zach Fulton leaving does change that dynamic a little bit. But it's just, it's the fact that you know the backups may be very close to what the starters are. So yeah. having Nate Solder as a backup is not a disaster. If he's starting, you know, ten plus games, it very well could be. Like I said, you don't you don't like if you have expectations of Nate Solder to not be a disaster. Okay, you know that's fine. Like twenty nineteen was his worst year, and you, you know, like you don't have to expect that to be his every year. But look at the years before, and it was never really that good. So don't expect like oh Nate Solder bounce back. He's he's actually good. Like, so so I, I wouldn't expect that at all. But um, if, if you expect him to come in and be serviceable as a backup, I don't think that's crazy.
1: No, not at all. Go Nate. I mean, soldier we were expecting go... him
0: to be the starter at right tackle last year, you know, and we, I don't think we were, I mean, I didn't feel good about it, but I wasn't like panicked about it. Cause I know right tackles are much easier, but it's much easier to be bad out than left tackle.
1: Go Nate Solder. go offensive line, root for the guys in blue and Bobby, that's all that I got for this PPP. We're starting our fourth week of PPP. It's kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, decent run blocker. That's my decent run blocker. Moves double go.
1: teams well and can pass them
0: off. So there you go. You got that. All right, Nate Solder. That's the PPP. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work, play fast, play fast. Whoa! Ah. Today we have outside linebacker edge Russia, but he can drop back in the coverage. Aziz Ojulari, Justin. He's six foot two, two hundred and fifty pounds. A very young, twenty-one year old. Uh, twenty-one year old. He was twenty years old when when the Giants drafted him, pick out of Georgia. The Giants loved them Bulldogs. Picked in the second round, fiftieth overall. Giants got him. They, they traded back and were able to pick him at fifty. He had first round buzz. Like I remember some people having Aziz Ojulari as pick number eleven for the Giants in mock drafts, and they got him at fifty. And the SEC had 9.5 sacks, 12.5 tackles for a loss in 2020. So he led the SEC in sacks, second most tackles for a loss. But, Justin, he had the most tackles for a loss per game. And by the way training camp is playing out, Justin, this kid is going to
1: play. Also had the most forced fumbles in the SEC, too, last year. Damn. Did um, he get SEC <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year? Um, I don't think so. Don't think so. I can see him... I could see somebody else like them giving it to like a linebacker or something like that. So, four forced fumbles in 2020, Aziz had. Did you find out who it was? Uh, you can talk. I'll find out. Four forced fumbles in 2020, Aziz Ojolari had. The last... Patrick Sertain. That makes sense. The last time the... I knew it was going to be somebody big. The last time the Giants had somebody who forced four forced fumbles in a single season was Jasper Brinkley in 2015 <laughs> and and then Chase Blockburn in tw- in 2012. So... Uh, this could be a guy that can make an impact from day one. And you're right, Bobby. He is going to play. You know the way that kind of the the edge room is playing out through camp is you know guys are kind of suffering from injuries a little bit more than we thought. And Aziz Ogulari is getting those reps. He's out there and he's getting those reps, and he is the best pass rusher um, on this football team even before all those injuries. So why not? And I feel like the the Giants. Their approach to drafting edge rushers, which I don't hate, by the way, because it's kind of like what the Patriots do. The Patriots prioritize a secondary. The Giants prioritize a secondary, and it's been working out for both of those units. They've been kind of, I think the, the phrase is penny-rich, dollar-poor. They've been penny-rich, dollar-poor with their edge rushers as the years have kind of gone on. And I've been comparing Aziz's development to O'Shane and Lorenzo Carter, at least their rookie year, kind of like easing those guys in, but... I think I'm being too conservative with disease. I really think I am. Um, why not expect a little bit more? I don't think I should expect a, a Chase Young rookie year. I don't think anybody should. I know some people are. But why not expect a little bit more than what Lorenzo Carter gave or O'Shane Zimenez gave, where this guy can play over 50% of the snaps and maybe he can be a three down player or as a guy that can drop back into coverage? You know, Lorenzo Carter, He if he, let's just say he plays 60, 70 snaps in a given game on defense which is most of the defensive snaps, 10 to 12 snaps, he's dropping back into coverage, which is a decent amount of where he's dropping back into coverage, and Aziz can certainly do it. So, Bobby, I think I have been too conservative this summer just saying he's so young, questions around his play strength, but he is the best pass rusher on this team, and why not come out and give me six to six and a half sacks this year? That's officially I'm going to put my, project, my prediction of my projection on the line right now.
0: I mean, Ocean Zimenez had four and a half his rookie year. And it's like we have much higher expectations uh, for Aziz just play-wise and playing time-wise. And going into our camp battle episode to start training camp, I was like Lorenzo Carter is going to give me the most edge reps. I think Aziz does now. You know, like Aziz isn't coming off an injury. Um, Like I said, he's he's immediately the best athlete, best ability to get around the corner and dip the edge at the edge spot. Like like Dave, from day one, he is the best at that. He's probably the best from day one in coverage. The only place where it's not is setting the edge as a, as a run block, as a run
1: defender. Yeah, I would say. You play, know, and it's not because strength. he's it's not play because strength.
0: he's la- it's not because he's like lazy, but it's like he like you said, he needs to improve on his play strength. But a guy who's twenty when he's drafted, we should expect to be get a little stronger. You know, like I like I think you can expect that. You know, what you saw in twenty twenty from him, like there's going to be a little more um, strength put onto him. And he seems like a high IQ hard-working player you know it's like some guys you can tell with and aziz it shines through him that he's a hard-working dude so yeah i mean i have big reasonable expectations for aziz Ojolar in 2021
1: give us some, give us some scouting reports what do you got on him who he is as a, who is he as a player you know here here's my big thing first i'm going to take your big point um because i did write i have my scouting report on him we talked about him pre-draft because he was a guy that we thought, we thought was a realistic option at 11 at some points, hand swipe. That hand swipe move is going to be money for him this year. It was money for him in the SEC. It's how he led uh, the SEC and sacks. The the hand swipe move to get offensive linemen's hands and tackles hands off him, that's his go-to move. But what else do you have on him in terms of who he is as a player?
0: Yeah, and that with his dip already makes him what I would think probably the best pass rusher from day one, depending on what Lorenzo looks like coming back Um with that, like that hand swipe move is awesome. He needs to add some counters to that, you know, um, needs to add, you know, and when we were talking about play strength, put a bull rush in there because like there was a guy, Stone Forsyth, who was like a six-round pick for uh, the Seahawks out of Florida. He, Forsythe won that battle and it's because Forsyth is athletic, but he's not strong. You know, so it's like Aziz. If you bull rush this guy a couple times, you may have won this battle, but you didn't. You kept on trying to get around the corner on him, and he just was—he was ready for that all day. He was just over, essentially oversetting to you. So now he'll work inside sometimes, and the Giants probably don't want him doing that a ton because they—they—they uh, they want their edges playing contained in the pass rush. But you know, they—they they can work in some third down reps and stuff to do that. So he—he he needs to add more onto that, and and play strength really just will just make him a better player as a pass rusher. And a run defender, but I do think he's the best at getting around the edge from day one. Um, uh, as a run defender, like he's willing, like but he just he can get moved off of his spot. Evan Neal, who I really like for next year's draft, was a guy who did that the best. But also, he like understands what's going on. If he has a pulling guard, he doesn't get lost up a key he closes that gap down and slams that and stops that, you know, stops guys like Deontay Brown right in their tracks and, and closes down that hole. So he knows how to do that. And then in coverage, he understands it. You know, I don't, there wasn't really any great plays I remember from his coverage, but it's like part of that was him doing his job and knowing where to be. So, and he has the athletic ability to do that. So now I will say, he was a guy I was scared of, of them picking in the first round. Like I did not, I did not view Aziz as a first rounder. Um, but at pick fifty, I mean that was a that was a great pick. Yeah, like, I, I love that pick at pick fifty. If it was at pick twenty, I would have been pretty disappointed. But pick fifty, I I it was like, man, you got a guy that some people thought was the best. Some people thought he was the best edge.
1: Now I didn't. He's the best speed rusher. He's the best speed rusher in that draft class. Maybe not the best edge rusher or, or pass rusher in general. I think he would give that to Jalen Phillips, but I think he was the best speed rusher. And you know, I don't know if Jalen Phillips can drop into coverage like Aziz Jolari can. And how he can get Giants fans to fall in love with him day one, and I'm talking day one, week one, possibly even play one, Bobby Skinner, is they can we can get reminders and flashbacks to Jason Pierre-Paul in 2011. Maybe not necessarily because he's the freak athlete that JPP was, but if he can chase down ball carriers, chase down plays from the opposite side of the field, like he did at Georgia and like he did in the SEC in 2020, if he can do that, and if he can replicate that and show that heart, effort, and hustle from day one, Giants fans are going to fall in love with him, even if his rookie year isn't like, wow, stat sheet and box score. If you do that, you're going to get Giants fans to fall in love with you, and he has the tendency to do that.
0: And that's the thing with him is, you know, we we try to, you know, with expectations for rookies, like, don't put a ton on them from year one, but also, it's like, my expectations for him are way over Kadarius Katoni for their rookie season solely, you mm-hmm. know, because Kadarius Tony has guys ahead of him that are, you know, Darius Slayton, who's shown to be at least a decent player in the NFL, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, where Aziz really has nobody in front of him that should stop him. You know, unless Lorenzo Carter is not only the same as when he healthier, got better, but it's like Aziz, we have much higher expectations for Aziz. O'Shane hasn't done anything to, you know, have him above you. A fatty, it's like, we like him, but it's like, He's not. He's not someone you would be like. Oh, this is where a second round pick is four years from now. Um, and then, I mean, who are who are even the other Ellerson? We
1: well, I mean, also I have to. I have to ask you. I have to ask you this too, Bobby Skinner. And looking at the time, we got a little bit of time. What What would you rather have in terms of personnel wise on the Giants' field? Would you rather have three defensive linemen at one time because there's a lot of depth in that room, right? And I feel like we feel better about our interior defensive line room in terms of the guys that are there and the dudes that are in there, versus the edge room, even though there's a lot of names in there that we feel kind of good about, right? Would you rather have three defensive linemen on the field with one edge rusher or two edge rushers on the field when, therefore, you're using Lorenzo Carter, Aziz Ojolari with the two interior defensive linemen? What's the personnel that you feel most confident in the Giants running?
0: First and second down, the 3D line. And then the third third down. down, Third down, I want Lorenzo and Aziz on the edge. And Dexter and Leo on the inside with, or, you know, a mix of BJ Hill too on, on some reps. There you go. Um, You know, cause Shelton just doesn't add much on third down at all. Austin Johnson doesn't. So, I mean, and that's the thing too, is Aziz does everything. He's a do it. And that's why he was linked to the giants so much. And that's something, you know, that's something Dave Gelman kind of gave away in his press conferences when you know, pre-draft, like, well, you know, what are some differences of, you know, drafting for coaches? Like, well, he's like, there's a very particular linebacker that they're looking for, you know? That's why Marcus Golden didn't play. It's because Marcus Golden wasn't a threat to drop back in coverage, and as you know, he was the best pass rusher on the team, but he wasn't a great run defender. We, I, I would say, him and Aziz probably right. If you're going just off the college tape, are probably like the same run defender wise. Even though Golden would lose his gap a little bit sometimes trying to make a play, which I don't blame him for. He should have, um, but yeah, like he drops back in the coverage you know, maybe I'll have the strength right away for that run defender, but it's not because of a lack of technique or, or leverage. Um, and then pass rushing is like, we kind of have the expectations for him to be better than a weak pass rushing group from day one. Right. You know, it's not because it's like, Oh, Aziz, Oh, is he's, he's going to come in and be this amazing rusher from day one. It's like kind of everyone else isn't great at pass rushing on the team, yeah. at, at, on the edge
1: group. But the edge room was unexist was uh, not, excuse me, was non-existent last year. You know, they I, had as I, many
0: sacks I, as a group as Ozzy's had at, at last year for the uh, Georgia.
1: He's going to help make the edge room, you know, maybe not great, but he's going to help it make it something, and he's going to uh, just have it exist. Li- and this year, it's it's going to have a pulse, and hopefully, Aziz Ojulari is one of the reasons why it has a pulse and why it's uh why it's beating somewhat strong. Let's let's rock and roll
0: the dogs eye disease we appreciate you and we appreciate the listeners we'll see you guys next time until then let's go big blue